Good morning, church. Good to be with you this morning. We're going to look at Psalm 100, following on from last week's word that Stuart gave us. And we're looking at God's song, but we're specifically going to target Psalm 100. And Psalm 100 reads like this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I don't know about you this morning, but I wonder how that makes you feel when you come into the presence of God this morning. I suppose it's a bit like um, being a football fan, because one of the reasons so many of us love football so much is that we can just let it all out during a football game. Whenever your team scores, you can jump, you can shout, you can scream, you can clap. And at the time, it feels good. At least it did when I supported a football team and I went to watch them. And for many of us, that's the way we get excited when we support a team. But I wonder what it's like when we follow Jesus Christ, when we support Christ as our Lord and Saviour, as we come into church this morning. So the psalm we're going to look at today says that the way God wants to be worshipped is similar to when you go to a football match. Psalm 100 ranks second only to the 23rd Psalm in popularity. The Psalm starts by telling us that we ought to shout to the Lord, worship the Lord, do it with joyful singing, and know that He has made us. Shout for joy. Make a joyful noise, the Psalmist says. Don't just whisper or mumble or stir around afraid you're going to disturb the person next to you. Scripture says, shout it, shout it with all your might, because you know what God has done for you. Let the whole world know that the sovereign God of all creation is with us. He loves us and he's on our side. I need to tell you this morning, church, he's on your side. You can get teary listening to all those people yelling and screaming and shouting and clapping when you're at a football match. And I think that can happen in God's presence when you're in his church this morning. There's something about thousands of fans shouting out who they are, claiming their heritage, their colours, their mascot, their school. There's something thrilling about that declaration of belonging to someone, something that they believe in. And we believe in Christ this morning. So Psalm 100 shouts about an even bigger kind of belonging. It says, we are gods. We are gods and God is all powerful. God is all known. So what can you possibly do for God that God can't do for himself? Because we've got a God who is all known. What bit of wisdom could you possibly share with God that God doesn't already know far better than you or I this morning? You see, 
all creation belongs to God. From the highest mountain range to the deepest that God doesn't already own. So what does it mean to serve God? First, it means to give what you have as a symbol of your gratitude and your devotion. And I think when we come to church on Sundays, we sometimes leave that on the back burner. We should have an attitude of gratitude. And we should have this attitude of devotion to God. You see, I think we should think of it this way. I heard a story about a three-year-old child who painstakingly colours a picture to give to his mother. And he goes up to her with a dustcloth in his hand, offering to help clean the house. What do you think that mother's going to do? Do you think she's going to be upset and critical? Of course she's not. In the same way, God is pleased with your gifts of love and devotion, no matter how small or crude or inadequate they may seem to be, God accepts them the way we deliver them, the way that you are and the way that I am. So to serve God is to give what you have, your time, your talents, your gifts, but most of all, your service, and give them all with a joyful heart. It's also to serve others in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, in the parable of the great judgment, Jesus commanded the faithful for showing kindness to those in need. He said this, I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. When the faithful asked, when did we see you, Lord? He said, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. So to serve the Lord with gladness is to be a cheerful giver, lending a helping hand to those in need, showing mercy to those who are struggling, practicing random acts of kindness wherever you go, not out of obligation or duty, but out of gratitude for what God has done for you. The psalmist goes on to say this, Know that Yahweh is God. In Hebrew, the word for the Lord is Yahweh. Everybody say this this morning. Say Yahweh. The reason we gather together to worship the Lord is because the Lord is God. There's a God in this world, a God who created this world, and his name is, yes, you've got it, Yahweh. So again, repeat like me, say the word Yahweh. Yahweh. We worship God because he is God. Can I get any more obvious than that? I don't think so. You see, in the Toy Story movies, the space aliens worship the claw. Why? Because he is the claw. And we worship God because he is the God. He is the main man. He's the one that's turned our lives around. We worship the Lord because he is God. God is God. And therefore, he's worthy of being worshipped. Oh, I wonder how we've come this morning. Are we worthy of getting up in the morning? Worthy of getting dressed for church? I would hope so this morning. 
Did you look forward to getting up out of your bed this morning and coming to church and worshipping the risen Saviour? See, years ago I heard a preacher say this. One of the most liberating phases you can ever learn is this. God is God. And you're not. And I'm not. It works in two ways. One, I think, it lifts the weight of the world from your shoulders and mine. And it sets you and I free from trying to be responsible for things which are over our control. Because God is God. And you're not. And I'm not. It's not all up to you or up to me. The second thing I want to tell you was, it limits the power and authority we often give it to others. So no matter how imposing or wise they may seem, they're not gods either. It doesn't matter what position they hold or what title or prominence or power or wealth, they have feats of clear, just like everyone else. Why? Because God is God and you're not and I'm not. So remember that next time your world is going to pieces and everyone is looking to you to hold it together. I wanted to ask out there in the comments, look back over the last few months and we've, we've been through some horrendous times. Are you thankful that at the end of those times, you're still here, you're still surviving. You might not be in the best of health, but you're still here and God wants you here. So there's many reasons to be thankful. They come in every shape, form and fashion. There's big ones, of course. You can be thankful you've got a job. And maybe out there you're watching this and listening to this and maybe you can be thankful that you've got a new job. Maybe you've got a big promotion at work. Or maybe you've got the birth of a new arrival in your family. Or maybe you're celebrating a marriage. But there are countless reasons why we should be thankful this morning. Things that we often take for granted, such as good health, such as the love and support of friends and family, such as a safe community in which we live. And here's a good one, the freedom to work and worship as we please. And for many this morning, many people out there in foreign lands are going through torture this morning. Why? Because they have the same God as you and I. They worship a living Saviour, the same as you and I. So the psalmist encourages us to be mindful, mindful of all God's gifts, great and small, and just. And how important that is. I once heard that it's physically impossible to be stressed out and thankful at the same time. So what are you this morning? Stressed out or are you thankful? It has to do with the endorphins or something like that. Try this. In the midst of a stressful day, take a one minute break. Find a quiet place and breathe in deeply. Hold your breath for a few seconds. Then exhale slowly. And as you gently relax, think about all the things that you have to be thankful for. And just like that, your stress will be gone. So the secret of living a stress-free life is to live a life of gratitude. Not sweating about the small stuff, but praising God 
from whom all blessings flow throughout the day, every day, 24-7. So again, here's the question. What are you most thankful for? Here's a short list just to get you started. First of all, be thankful to be alive. Consider the alternative. To be alive is to have the potential of doing something creative for God. To do something constructive for God. To be a benefit in the place where you are. That can be the workplace, it can be home, it can be with family, it can be with friends. Even if it's only to feed the dog. Be thankful for the gift of love. To love and to be loved turns existing into living. So the question I need to ask you this morning is, are you living? Are you living for God this morning? You need to be focused. You need to be in a good place. Be thankful for the gifts of time. You've got 24 hours every day, just like the Prime Minister, just like the President or the Pope, to use in just about any way you choose. It's your choice. There's another one. Be thankful for the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat. They not only sustain your life, they give you strength and pleasure. Be thankful for the gift of colour. Can you imagine a glorious sunset in black and white? No, you want to see it in colour, don't you? Be thankful for the thousands of creatures that work day and night in harmony with the universe. And there's millions of them. Be thankful for the earth that we live in, that it is night and day when not there. You're nowhere near. It didn't exist. But now you do. You came into being because the Lord brought you into being. You are his creation. I want to remind you of a, a song that we used to sing. And it went like this. He made the stars to shine. He made the rolling sea. He made the mountains high. And he made me. But this is why I love him. For me he bled and died. The Lord of all creation became the crucified. So more than anything else, be thankful for a God who loves you and loves me. What's and all? And has proven that love beyond all doubt by sacrificing his only son to redeem you and I from our sinful nature and reconcile you and I to himself. Isn't that worth worshipping God about this morning? Isn't that worth singing about this morning? Isn't that worth praising him this morning? So I wanted to take a moment to list all of the things you can think of to be thankful for. Then offer them up to the Lord in praise and thanksgiving. Because Luke tells a story of how Jesus entered a village. And he was met by a group of ten lepers. They stood at the required distance and cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. He told them, go and show yourselves to the priests. It happened that as they went, they were cleansed. Isn't that you and I this morning? We've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and were whiter than snow. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered, weren't the ten cleansed? Where are the nine? 
Weren't the ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Weren't there none found who returned to give glory to God? Except this stranger. And he said to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. I want to tell you this morning, get up and go because your faith has healed you. You see, it's a matter of gratitude. Taking stock of your life and how God has created you in his image He's empowered you with his spirit and blessed you with the gifts of creativity, imagination and love and also being grateful. Above all, it's to recognise God has proven his love once and for all through the death and resurrection of Jesus to open the door to a loving, lasting relationship with the God of all creation. So what did it take a moment to marvel at the beauty of God's creation and bask in the warmth of God's love and just be grateful? Never forget, Christ died for you in order to bring you his peace, in order to bring you his joy, in order to bring you death, then after life. You've got a new heaven to look forward to. The secret is, we sometimes forget to say those two words, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. You went to Calvary, and there you died for me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. So the message I want to leave you with this morning is, we need to have this attitude of gratitude. So here's the challenge for all of us for next week. When we come into church, maybe you didn't come in like that this morning, Maybe you're going out praising God this morning. But next week when you come into church, here's the challenge. I want you to enter his gates with thanksgiving. I want you to have that thanksgiving way in your heart. And I want you to get ready to worship. Just as if you're going to a football match. And I want you to get ready to shout and to sing and to glorify God. So that's the challenge for you this week. And I thank you all for listening been a pleasure to be here this morning but God just wants you to respond and react to this message this morning when you come into his presence whether you're at home whether you're in a church I want you to just praise God this morning that's what he wants you to do to come with this attitude of gratitude bless you